Welcome to Histories to Toiletries. I'm Ryan. And this is Justin. And hopefully this is not a season finale. How are you on this nice Monday morning, Justin? I'm doing really well. It's actually sunny in Austin, Texas, so that's nice. That's nice for you. It has been raining in Atlanta and cold for the last four days. Yeah, I, I said it that way. It was here four days ago. Ah, well, I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some good news in the Atlanta front, Justin. What is that? You're leaving Atlanta? No, I'm not leaving Atlanta. Oh. But Atlanta United did win the MLS Cup. Oh, congrats. Uh, yeah, only in their second season... The expansion team won. So, well, did you go to any games? Uh, I did. I the beginning of the season tickets were a lot cheaper than the end of the season tickets. So the mm. last game I went to was in March, I think. That's what happens when a team gets good. Yeah, exactly. But uh, no, it was exciting. Uh, everyone in Atlanta has been sharing an article uh, from 2014 when they announced that we were getting an MLS team that said Atlanta is not a city that's ready for MLS. It's just an article about how an MLS team wouldn't work and how terrible it would be. But we now have the nine top highest attended games in MLS history. Cool. And they play at the new Georgia Dome? The Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Oh, sorry. I've got to <laughs> put our sponsors in there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, hey, Mercedes. <laughs> <laughs> you're listening uh but yeah so and they're owned by the same owner as the falcons and so it's just been a fantastic fantastic last week of enjoying our team cool well speaking of sports we're gonna run a little bit of a different um different show today huh yeah instead of talking about one place we're gonna talk about a few places and the places that we are going to talk about today are baseball stadiums all up and down the east coast of the United States of America. And one football stadium, too. Yeah, and that's uh, an exciting trip that you took quite some time ago, so it'll be fun to kind of go back and talk about that. What was that trip you took? It was right after I graduated high school, back in 2006, so this was over 12 years ago now. So, as you know, I don't have the greatest memory, so... I had to think really hard to um, remember some of these some of these details from this trip, uh, but some things definitely stood out, and I, I have all, I will always remember because it was a really cool trip. It was uh, a couple of my really good friends, Brandon and Kevin from high school. We all loved baseball, uh, you know, played baseball growing up and in and in high school as well. Uh, after we graduated, we decided we were gonna take off on this grand road trip adventure. Uh, This was probably my first real adventure, kind of like solo or like friend adventure. Um, And I would definitely call it that. That was definitely an adventure. We had lots of of various things happen that were planned and unplanned. um, And we had some really good times. But yeah, we drove from Garland, Texas, uh, basically all the way up to Boston and back, stopping at various cities along the way and checking out different different baseball stadiums. 
that's cool. Um, I actually did a trip similar to this one, uh, almost the exact same route from Texas to Atlanta and up to Boston. But instead of baseball stadiums, we went to seminaries. So pretty similar in an excitement <laughs> yeah. level. But instead of watching baseball, we just like looked at libraries. Okay. All right. Well, we'll both share some of our fantastic experiences. Uh, no, we won't both do that. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> yours and is an exciting adventure. Mine is a underwhelming coffee table book. So. Well, I'll be waiting for that book, I guess. Sounds good. Uh, but before we get into your trip, I've got some baseball history to talk about. So, Justin, as you know, baseball has been played for an incredibly long time. Um, in the 1700s, we have our first variation of it called Rounders. And Rounders was a game that was played in England around 1744 is kind of our first introduction. It was referenced in a children's book. Um, but it was called Baseball. So... Rounders came before baseball, but it was called baseball before it was called rounders. If you're the three people still following, uh, that's what happened. Um, but it was played in England, and it's kind of like the predecessor to baseball. There were a couple different rules, though. So the most different that you would see watching a rounders game is that the batters didn't actually let go of the bat when they were running. If you hit the ball and started running, you were actually out if you dropped the bat. So mm. almost the exact opposite of what it is now. Also, you were not allowed to use gloves like you are in baseball today. But really, all the other rules were kind of the same. Um, were there four bases? There were four bases. You got a run, which was known as a rounder when you crossed like when you circuited all four bases. Um, it was kind of like an in-between of cricket and baseball rounders is. Uh, in what way would you say? Just as far as the cricket thing goes. In cricket, you don't let go of the bat. Um, well, I guess in that way. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I didn't realize that was a rule in cricket, so uh, thanks for the heads up. Um, but that's really, like I said, those were really the only differences. Um, all of the outs and stuff were the same, especially from early, early baseball, um, which we came to find in the, in the late 18th century. So we have a lot of games that were like ball and stick type games is what they're called. And the first mention of baseball, like I said, was in 1744, but the real baseball that we know today came around in 1845 when Alexander Cartwright, a member of New York City's Knickerbocker Club, led the codification of the so-called Knickerbocker Rules. Um, and so the New York Knickerbockers were the first baseball team, and they played the first game in 1940, or 1846 against the New, Jersey, or New York Nine, defeated the Knickerbockers, and like a long-standing tradition of teams called the New York whatevers, they played that game in New Jersey. Mm. 
So the Knickerbockers were the first. They developed the rules, but they lost the first game. Uh, yeah, they actually lost 23-1. to 1, So they got smoked in the first <laughs> game. Okay. Way yeah. to go. Uh, and so then by the mid-1850s, so not even 10 years later, uh, journalists were calling it the national pastime or the national game. Um, so that's when the National Association of Baseball Players, uh, baseball, two words, was formed in 1867. Um, and that's kind of what we know today uh, as the American League, almost, but not really, because the National League was founded in 1876, which we now know today as the like governing body of Major League Baseball, like the first one. Uh, the American League showed up about 20 years later. And by then, most of the modern rules were developed by then. Uh, in the 20s was when we had the next um, next big jump. We kind of separate that and call that the live ball era, starting from the 20s, because that's when a lot of rules were changed and a lot of, like, you couldn't rub dirt on the ball to make it harder to see for the batters. <laughs> so, like, there were just a whole lot of things you couldn't do with the ball and pitching rules and things like that. And so, uh, in the 20s, batters were able to hit the ball in a more lively fashion. So, that's why we call that the live ball era. One interesting thing, uh, in early, early baseball, the, the pitching rules before they started you know, figuring out how to trick batters... The pitcher really only did pitch the ball. Um, they had to throw it underhand and were really just kind of a starter for the play. So um, kind of like a serve in tennis has to be in a certain area. The pitcher had to throw the ball in such a way that the batter could hit it. Like softball. Yes, which softball came around because they needed to have something to do in the wintertime. And so softball originated from indoor baseball or they called it indoor outdoor because they played indoor baseball but outside but yeah so that's really all the history i have because since we made those rule changes in the 20s outside of allowing brown people to play nothing has changed very much So, Justin, that's kind of the history of baseball, I suppose. Let's get into this trip you took. What? Just kind of let's tell me about it. What happened? Um, yeah, we drove a total of about 3,700 miles, if, if you just type it into Google point to point. But I'm sure we got lost several times and kind of drove around in circles a lot. I remember, actually, the first time we hit a roundabout, we went around in circles like four or five times before we figured out how to get out of there. I think that was in D.C. or something. Uh, we were all, I think we were all 18, so we were all pretty new at, you know, figuring out how to do anything by ourselves. Um, so we were we just kind of figured it all out as we get as we went. And we had a decent plan as far as places we were staying along the way. You know, we stayed with you know some family members. We stayed with friends of family. We stayed at uh, hotels that we had booked beforehand um and yeah we had a general a general plan of of schedule and everything too so 
Um, it was pretty fun. It went off pretty flawlessly, I suppose, as far as I remember. Um, we made it back, and I'm still here today to tell the tale, so I guess it was all right. Um, but yeah, we, our first stop was um, Tuscaloosa, Alabama. We drove from, from Garland, Texas to Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And I guess the reason we stopped there was because I was going to be going off to college the next, well, within the next couple of months um, that fall. And so we just wanted to stop and check out the town and eat some good, eat some good Southern cooking. We had some ribs. Um, yeah, we, and we were just, just kind of running around the city. It was pretty fun. Actually, that, that uh, night, that first night, that was our first stadium that we checked out, uh, our only non-baseball stadium, although we did play baseball inside of the stadium that night. Uh, we were just walking around the stadium, and one gate happened to be open. And so we just kind of walked in because the gate was just open. So we just walked in, and we just walked directly onto the field. And we're like, oh, well, this is kind of cool. Uh, all the lights were off and everything. It was it was night at that point. Um, but nobody was around at all. We actually went to a little convenience store nearby when we left the stadium went to a little convenience store nearby we actually bought a wiffle ball bat and some wiffle balls and we played wiffle ball on the field um and that was a lot of fun we just kind of toured around the stadium our own private tour if you will uh eventually we we're at one end and at one end zone and we look across to the other side and we see like a security guard like making his way towards us, we we were like, well, I guess it's time to go. So so we kind of just briskly walk the other way, and make our way back to that uh, gate that was open. And when we get there, the gate is now closed, and there's a police car right on the other side of the gate. And so at that point, we're like, man, this is our first night on this like three week long road trip. We definitely can't get arrested now. We have to at least wait a little while. Um, so we uh, we kind of just make our way around the stadium trying to find a point of exit. And we eventually find the spot where we can jump off from the second level onto these bags of soil, which were right outside uh, or like leaning or piled up against the wall. So we had a nice soft landing spot. Um, yeah, so we all got down and uh, basically ran away. Went back to our Super 8 hotel, I think it was, um, and, and survived that first night without getting arrested. I've been watching a lot of live PD lately uh, because I learned that I don't need to have cable to be able to watch live PD, which is maybe the happiest I've been in quite some time. Um, all right, we have to talk about this later, but continue. Live PD is now in Austin, so I hope that that's the story <laughs> you have to tell me. But they they routinely, because it's live, they'll like cut to a police chase, and more times than you would expect, the cops just stop chasing the guy, and they're like, oh, we can't find him. Or like, <laughs> it's rainy, we can't chase him. Which has made me now, every time I see a cop, like, if that guy tries to pull me over right now, like, I've got a chance. 
way more mm-hmm. than I ever have been before. But like, obviously, I wouldn't because I'm. We don't coward. condone running from uh, running from cops. Yeah, don't do it. But like, if you're gonna Richland County, South Carolina, is the place to do it. <laughs> Good to know. In last night's episode, they had one of the lieutenant guys, like the head dudes of Richland County, South Carolina, in their studio. So he wasn't like out, and they <laughs> they just lost a guy. And you could audibly hear the lieutenant just go, <sighs> because he was watching his team do a bad job. It was great. Anyway, so you pulled over Richland County and got away from the police on your first night of this trip. Yeah, it was fantastic. That was great. And the trip only got more fun from there. Actually, that was the that was really our only police experience. Other than that, we were uh, we were pretty good. Nice. I mean, we just didn't get caught. <laughs> um, nice. And so from there, I see you went to Turner Field, just a hop, skip, and a jump away. Yeah, not far at all. Atlanta, Georgia. Nice. And so uh, I'm guessing you went to a, a Braves game. One of the, well, I've been to Brand Denny Stadium, um, but the only stadium we have both been to is Turner Field in Atlanta which is cool. Not at the same time, I guess, right? No, I went in its last year of existence. Turner feels good. I like that stadium. Um, I guess it's still a stadium, just the Braves aren't playing there anymore, right? Uh, Yeah, it is now the Georgia State football stadium. So, yeah, this whole tour, like I said, happened over 12 years ago. So, actually, a majority of these stadiums that I went to are no longer... Uh, well, they're no longer baseball stadiums, at least. A lot of them are no longer standing. Um, but yeah, Turner Field is the first on that list that is no longer home to uh, a pro baseball team. But the, the stadium itself was is really great. I went to that stadium several times um, since, since this uh, road trip, but this was my first time there. And yeah, we had a great time. It was a great way to, great way to kick off the... Uh, baseball trip um and so i have a couple of quick facts about every stadium here that i'm just gonna jump in on the first being turner field uh built for the olympics in 1996 yes the atlanta olympics in 1996 um it was the centennial olympic park uh or a centennial olympic stadium then um, and that was kind of its claim to fame, named after, after the Olympics, it was named after Ted Turner, who kind of just owns Atlanta. Um, but that's where Turner Field comes from. Uh, I do have the Yelp reviews I have is for Turner Field, so I'm just going to go ahead and do those. Um, so this is our Yelp review section for Turner Field. Uh, the first one is, glad this dump is being torn down, perfect for Olympics in the 90s, but that's long over. The Braves are horrible, and they need a new ballpark. Looking forward to a better area north. Um, ironically, bad teams don't get new stadiums. Um, mm. And also, new stadiums don't make teams better. Also, ironically, the Braves' new stadium did in fact make them better, apparently, yeah. <laughs> because they went from last place to first place. So, maybe this guy has a point. Um uh, <laughs> The next one I have was, uh, it was three stars. That first one was two stars. This was three stars. 
It was hot, and I had seats in the second-to-last row. However, I'm giving Turner Field three stars, as it was not a terrible park. All right, it was a very average park. Which, like, half of his complaints (laughs) were his fault. (laughs) He got tickets in the second-to-last row, and I'm furious about it. (laughs) Um... The third one I have is a little longer, um, so kind of bear with me here. I approached this review with no sentimentality for the Braves or Atlanta, so take it for what it's worth. On the plus side, the sight lines are excellent. The people laid back and friendly, and the parking quite handy. Tickets were reasonable when I walked up. Those important things. Those are important things. But there's more to a ballpark. This one feels hollow and soulless. The setting is awful. Boxed in by highways, cement and less than charming neighborhoods. I live in one of those neighborhoods now, so get out of here with your California (laughs) review. If you want to find a watering hole to walk to before or after the game, I think you're screwed. The parking itself is bland, with no signature elements as part of the field or within the stands. The food and beer offerings are disappointing for a city as diverse and full of good cuisine as Atlanta. This is where this review kind of gets off the rails, just this whole next sentence. It's more of what I'd expect at a NASCAR track. Safe, boring, and corporate. Um, I've been to more than 10 MLB parks. This is the most forgettable. Uh, let's circle back to that NASCAR car comment. I understand why people don't watch NASCAR on TV. I do, but I understand why other people don't. Because I imagine it's quite boring. But if you're at the track, I can't imagine it's very boring. Also, no one's ever died playing Major League Baseball. So how is it safe? And also, how is it safe in a less than charming neighborhood? I don't know. You seem to be taking this quite personally. I really am. You mentioned NASCAR <laughs> and the neighborhoods around Turner Field, both things I deeply appreciate and am involved in. Okay. Maybe we should move on. <laughs> All right. Feel free to, to write a review to that guy. I really should. I wish you could comment on Yelp reviews. Uh, I would lose a lot of time during my day. Like, I don't tweet that much, but I would definitely engage in Yelp conversations. Um, but the So what did you do after Turner Field so I can finally get off my high horse? <laughs> okay, after uh, Atlanta, we so that's when we just started heading straight up north um, on our way to Boston. But the next stop would, would have been uh, Washington, D.C., um, at that point, the Nationals were pretty new, uh, moving back to DC from Montreal, um, and they were playing at RFK Stadium, uh, which doubled as a soccer stadium as well. So we we kind of just pulled up to the stadium. We just like drove up from Atlanta and then just like parked in front of the stadium, and we're like, oh. Well, I guess there's no games going on right now. Um, Let's just uh, try to, I guess, pull a Brian Denny and walk in and see what happens. So we find like an entrance and it was like a visitor's entrance. And so we walk in and there's someone just sitting at a desk and we're like, hey, we're here to uh, see the stadium. And they're like, oh, do you have like an appointment or anything? And we're like, no. And the the lady was like, "Uh, okay, well, hold on. And she just like called somebody. And and then uh, she was just like, okay, well, Dave will be right in. And we're like, oh, great, cool. <laughs> I don't really know if that guy's name was Dave. I just made that up as part of the story, but it makes it flow a little smoother. Uh, Dave 
comes into the room and he was like, oh, hey, guys, I hear you want to see the stadium. And we're like, yeah. <laughs> so he's like, OK, come with me. <laughs> so we just follow Dave around and he shows us, he just walks us around the stadium. They're setting up for a, uh, for a soccer game that night. And so half of the seats were like folded back and like we walked right down onto the field and like just all around. It was our own little private tour. And all we did was just like walk up and be like, hey, we're here. And uh, so Dave was a great guy. Nice. So that was cool. We got to see we got to see it, um, you know, in a very personal view, uh, and that was pretty sweet. Nice, and that is, I think, the coolest part of this trip is the majority of the stadiums you went to are no longer in existence. So you do like, it's almost like a unique experience that like you had, and now not very many people are going to have moving forward. I guess with RFK and Turner Field, you can still go there, but it's not what it used to be, I suppose. So what'd you do after DC? So we stayed in DC. I think we stayed with, I think it was like Brandon's cousin uh, who was in uh, in college there. I don't remember what school it was. Uh, so we stayed there, like checked out the city. That was pretty fun. And then we just went up north to Baltimore, um, which is just up the road, not far at all. Uh, and we went to go see an Orioles game at Camden Yards. Um, I think Camden Yards was probably my favorite stadium. It was really cool. The whole atmosphere, the uh, the charming neighborhoods. <laughs> no, but but like the warehouse out in, in right field, the whole look of it was really awesome. So physically, that was probably the best stadium, my favorite stadium. And we also had a really great time because the uh, Orioles were playing the Rangers that weekend that we were there. So we actually went to two games back to back and it, and we had Rangers gear. So that was really sweet uh, because the Rangers players recognized us because we were like the only ones there. And we went, we went to back to back games. So uh, we went and like got, uh, you know, ball signed autograph baseballs and stuff from the bullpen. And yeah, we had a great time. I'm sure the Rangers lost. They were really, really terrible at that time. Um, but we still had a good time. After Camden Yards, um, just another little short trip up to Philadelphia, um, where we walked around Citizens Bank Park. Um, we, you know, we were gonna try and just walk in again and get another free tour, but Bon Jovi was playing that night, so we couldn't get in, unfortunately. And Bon Jovi's people wouldn't wouldn't let us in. When you were telling me earlier that you there was a Bon Jovi concert at Citizens Bank Park, I thought you meant you went to a concert at Citizens Bank Park. But yeah, just looked at it from outside, huh? Yeah, it was still. Uh, it wasn't that interesting from outside, no. Right. Because also in the notes you said Citizens Bank Park, Bon Jovi concert, which I feel is a little misleading. <laughs> <laughs> so cool well um also hey i'm just seeing now i know what day you were in philadelphia because uh they have the concerts that have happened at citizens Wing park listed so july 15th 2006 okay i was right it was bon jovi i will give you i was only uh, like half guessing that it was bon jovi i will um venmo you a hundred dollars if you can guess who opened for bon jovi that night Ooh, summer of 2006. Uh-huh. What was hot? <laughs> summer of 2006. Man. Um, 
How about Destiny's Child? Uh, nope, it was Nickelback. Oh, man. Damn you, Nickelback. You're always messing me up. <laughs> uh, also, the first uh, concert ever at Citizens Bank Park was Jimmy Buffett, the margarita man himself. Oh, cool. Good facts on uh, Citizens Bank there. Yeah. Uh, I was just really, I just, anytime you can bring up Nickelback and Jimmy Buffett in the same <laughs> podcast, it's been a good day. So, Justin, after RFK, or after Citizens Bank Park, where did you head then? Well, yeah, then we went, uh, went to New York City. Uh, New York City? The, the, the first, our first stop in New York City. So, we went to New York, Boston, back to New York. Um, cause that's just how the baseball games lined up. Um, <clears throat> so the first, first one we went to was Yankee stadium. So we went to the Yankees game first. Um, we stayed at, um, an apartment in Manhattan, uh, which was really awesome. I believe it was, I think it was Brandon's mom's like college friend, I believe is who <laughs> we stayed with. Uh, Someone that none of the three of us had met before, but she was super nice, very, uh, very welcoming. Kind of showed us around a little bit, and obviously let us let us stay in her apartment in Manhattan. So that was sweet. Uh, but yeah, that's that was a lot of fun. Uh, I I had never been to New York before, um, so that was my first visit. And so obviously the first place you want to go is uh, to check out Central Park. So. We were just walking around Central Park, uh, the three of us, and all of a sudden we see, we see like this guy kind of out off in the, you know, off in front of us, a little ways out, sitting on these rocks with sun tanning with his shirt off. He had like jeans and boots, no shirt, and he was far away, but he was like huge. You could like see that he was like a really, like a really buff guy, and we're just like, okay. What is that? That's weird. So we get closer and closer, and we're like, that guy kind of looks like Alex Rodriguez. And as we get closer, we're like, dang, that is Alex Rodriguez sitting there shirtless with his jeans and boots in Central Park tanning, I guess. <laughs> I guess is what he's doing. I don't know what he's doing. We're like, okay, well, that's that's weird. Uh, he, has a, he has a game later, so he better, like, I don't know. I guess this is the only time to get his tan in. <laughs> and so... We, we walk by and we're like, yep, that's, that's definitely him. And then, so we just sit at a park bench nearby being like, oh, this is just a weird situation. We have to sit down for a second and figure this out. Uh, eventually he, <laughs> eventually he like gets up, puts his shirt back on, starts walking away. And then at that point, all of these like photographers, and I guess paparazzi, like literally like jump out from behind trees and bushes. We're like, holy crap, where did all these people come from? And so A-Rod starts uh, just walking down the path in our direction. And so he walks, like, right next to us. Like, I literally in my head, I was thinking, man, I could just, like, trip him. And then he would be on the disabled list for uh, <laughs> for the game tonight. Uh, but I'll, I think probably if I tried to trip A-Rod, my leg would have just snapped in half if he just, like, walked right through it. So I uh, didn't do that. Uh, but, yeah, he was he was huge. Um, I guess that's that is what the, the steroids will do to you. Um, 
So that was interesting. And then later that night, we went to Yankee Stadium and we saw him play, saw him in person for the second time that day. Um, so that was super interesting. Um, I had a similar experience on my seminary trip. Uh, we were also in New York City and in Times Square. Uh, this was in 2016, though. Uh, surrounded by paparazzi, we saw Paula Abdul, which would have also been really exciting in 2006. <laughs> yes, <laughs> definitely. Oh, another thing about um, about that Yankee game is so before we left on this trip in our in our in our preparation and everything, we wrote letters to every single one of the teams that we were going to go see or at least go to their city, and um, basically we just asked them for some free tickets. And so the Yankees and the Mets actually both wrote us back, and they were like, oh, that's really awesome. That's a cool trip y'all are doing. Um, yeah, we will have tickets available for you on this day at Will Call, so just come on down. And so for the Yankees game, uh, the tickets that they gave us were like players' like players wives' tickets or like players' tickets, tickets that they have to give away, basically. Um, so we were like sitting with like all the players' wives, like kind of just <laughs> off center and kind of behind home plate. They were amazing tickets. It was really awesome. So nice. we met A Rod and we met several of the wives of the Yankees. Was A Rod and J Lo a thing? Was she there? I, well, I didn't see J Lo or Paula Abdul, but 2006, yeah, both of them would have been would have been hot hot at the time, yeah. I saw Paula Abdul, or not Paula Abdul, uh, Jennifer Lopez in a recent uh, preview for a movie that she's doing where she plays like a cashier at a grocery store and then fakes her resume to get a really good job. It's like, nah, J-Lo, you made that movie in the 90s. You can't That's do that again. That's what I to say. <laughs> I think I've seen that already. <laughs> Maybe she just thinks people have forgotten I mean, Which I almost probably have. I, I can't name what that movie is. So, all right. So, Yankee Stadium. Uh, Justin, I do have a fun fact about Yankee Stadium. Can you name the organization that holds the record for uh, Yankee Stadium's attendance? Ooh, is it uh, Bon Jovi? It, it is not Bon Jovi, and it is Nickelback. not. It is not an entertainment group at all. Oh, oh, okay. Is it sports group? Nope. Is it the Pope? Uh, close. All right, it, just well, tell me. It was the uh, 1958 Jehovah's Witnesses International Convention. Oh. Uh, they had 123,707 in attendance. Isn't that like a fire hazard? Like, what is the capacity of that stadium? Uh, in 1958, it was 67,000. Okay, well, that doesn't seem safe. Yeah, I don't know what that would have been like. I suppose you can, like, pile people onto the field. Um, but that is my Yankee Stadium fact. Good fact, good fact. Oh, it was also the first three-tiered sports facility in the United States. Okay. And so this is another stadium that is now no longer there. That's true. Now there's a new Yankee Stadium. Which arguably does not look as cool. You made it as far as far north as you were gonna get. Apparently, I'm speaking in New York accent now. 
uh, as far north as you were going to get after New York City, eh? Uh, Boston. Went up to Boston. And what was that like? <laughs> Wicked awesome. <laughs> uh, no, Boston was really cool. Uh, the went to Fenway. Okay, we stayed with. Oh, we stayed. Who do we stay with? Another one of Brandon's hookups. He has. He had people all over the northeast and east coast, I suppose. But um, that was a lot of fun. We checked out the baseball game there, and they played the Rangers. So we went to go see the Rangers for a third time within like a week span. So this time we went and got a huge Texas flag um, that's like three feet by five feet. So like pretty big, uh, you know, you can, it takes up your whole arms uh, width to hold up. And so we got there early. And we had our big flag, and the Rangers were on the field, like taking uh, practice and everything. And several of them recognized us again. They're like, "Hey, y'all were just down in Baltimore." So um, they, we got a, a big majority of the team to sign our flag, and I, I still have that flag actually. It's here in my room. Um, I don't remember how many signatures are on it. A lot of them. Um, very you should go few get of them it to are still show the audience. Yes, in this podcast, I'll go uh, get it right now. But actually, you should post it on the Patreon later so that people mm. can go see it. <clears throat> yes, this uh, collectible of all these mediocre baseball players from the 2006 <laughs> Texas Rangers. <laughs> but it was still fun. Like it, it was cool. Um, trying to remember the players, like the the oddest guy was Vicente Padilla. He was, like, very hardcore. Like, he scared us. And then I remember he, he came and signed our flag. He didn't really speak any English at all. <laughs> and then I remember it was, like, Michael Young or Hank Blaylock afterwards, um, like, came and signed our flag, like, right after Vicente Padilla. And they were like, yeah, that dude's kind of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> There's, like, entire, like, YouTube video compilations of Vicente Padilla just being mean on the baseball field and like hitting people and starting fights. It was crazy. <laughs> uh, but it was fun. It was cool. Uh, another thing that I realized and which was kind of nice actually was again, we were all decked out in Rangers gear. But you know, when you're a visiting, uh, you know, a, vi a visiting fan going to see your team play uh, another team especially one with fans that are so hardcore and devoted as Red Sox fans. It's actually better if your team kind of sucks because then they're just nice and friendly to you because they actually are not worried about you winning or like anything at all. So everybody was nice and friendly to us. They're like, oh, you guys are from Texas? Oh, great. Come on down. Yeah. Give us a few wins that we can put yeah. on our record that matters. Exactly. So everybody was super nice. And I'm sure, I'm sure the Rangers lost. I don't remember. But we had a great time. It was fun. Yeah, that was like that time we went to the Alabama-Michigan game at AT&T Stadium. We were with yeah. all those Michigan fans. We were like, as long as Denard Robinson doesn't get hurt, we're fine. Yeah. We're just happy to be here. <laughs> uh, well, that's cool. And then you ended your trip. Um, oh, well, hold on. Let me find some Fenway facts for you. Yeah. Um, they do have two named foul poles, which I think mean, just shows to uh, the fans of 
the Boston Red Sox that everything at their stadium is named. So the left field been there so long. Right, it is. It's the oldest ballpark. It's uh, about when did it open? 1912. So it's about 106 years old, and it has been open and active since 1912. Yeah, you said 1912 twice there. Oops. Well, I'll delete one of them. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) so their left field wall is the Green Monster, which is 37 foot tall wall, and left field is kind of the most famous part of their stadium. Um, they also named the area in center field. They call it the triangle. Uh, the bullpen area in front of right field is called Williamsburg. They have a just a red seat um, that is a home run that was hit by Ted Williams that went 500 feet, um, which was like the like the longest home run ever recorded. Uh, so they put a red seat where that landed. Uh, Pesky's pole is in right field. And Fisk's Pole is in left field. Duffy's Cliff was an area in left field from in the 30s they were naming stuff. Uh, but yeah, so it's just kind of got so much tradition just in one stadium. Kind of like uh, Yankee Stadium also. Yeah, it was, I mean, the experience being there was really awesome. But you can tell that that stadium is super old. Like it's like probably the least awesome stadium itself to be in because the seats are super small there's columns like in front of a lot of seats where like you can't see the whole field or it's like serious obstacle um for viewing (laughs) um but the experience it was probably one of the it was very unique and it was one of the most fun um but yeah that that's an old stadium for sure um, yeah, I looked at Yelp reviews for that stadium, and most of the negative ones were just like, this is super old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. Well, cool. And then you ended your trip at Shea Stadium. Uh, yeah. Back in this New York one, Yeah, we went back to New York. Um, we actually stayed at a little in a little town just north of the city and then took a, took a train in. But Shea Stadium, which is no longer there, uh, the last one on the list... It's no longer there. Uh, I think this one was my was the most fun uh, experience that we had. Just overall, the the atmosphere, everything was so much fun. And I think the reason is because it was Dominican night. We happened to go on Dominican night, so we, we uh, so as soon as we walk in, and this was another team that gave us free tickets, um, and we again we got pretty good pretty good tickets uh, second level behind home plate. Um, but you walk in and they gave you a Dominican flag, um, and every single batter, at least on the Mets, every single batter had um, like uh, Latin walk-up music, and everybody was just like dancing, and the atmosphere was just was uh, was just electric. Everybody was like super excited about it. I don't think anybody there really cared about baseball. They were just there <laughs> to like have fun. Yeah, uh, and then after the game ended, there was a full-blown like merengue concert. Like they brought out a stage, they had like lights and smoke, and it was so much fun. And so yeah, we were just we were just uh, enjoying that that time. It was it was cool. I have no idea who won the game. I actually don't know who won any of the games that I was at. So <laughs> I guess that's not the important. Well, part. That's we know not who, what baseball's about. We know who probably won the games where the Rangers were playing. Okay, true. <laughs> Well, Justin, I think that is going to do it for us in this episode. Um, I know you have your what sport was this trip segment, 
um, and I'm really curious to see if this trip was baseball or not. Uh, no, that would be way too obvious. Obviously, I'm not going to do that. Um, this uh, trip, so usually it's a destination, but I guess, so this trip, since it's more of, you know, multiple destinations and a, a longer kind of journey, I'm going to say that this is like slow NASCAR or SNASCAR. And it's because we went on a big counterclockwise loop um and we went really slow actually uh, i remember at one point on the interstate we were seeing how slow we could possibly go and we got a little scary because there was trucks coming up from behind us really fast man uh, i bet you guys were a hoot in high school oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> hoot, hoot. um so yeah it was a it was a slow nascar nascar nice Thank you for listening. You can find me at Ryan D. Willett on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook. That's just kind of my calling card. Uh, Justin, where can we find you? Um, best way is probably at my blog and website. It's uh, campaintaburninghouse.com. It has my other contact um, information there. So, yeah, you can find me there. And we will have those links in the episode description, as well as a link to our Patreon page. And we have to thank our one patron, Mom. You're the best. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> so uh, if you want to help uh, contribute to us, you just $1 will help. That is definitely a percentage of our costs uh, to host the site. Um, but if you'd like to help us, and we'll have some exclusive content on the Patreon uh, that you can see some pictures and things from Justin's trips. Uh, that we will be posting. So thanks again for listening. My name is Ryan. And I'm Justin. And this has been Histories to Toiletries. Um, I'm looking at the 2006 Texas Rangers uh, roster right now to see what that would have looked like. Michael Young was the best player. Um... Hank Blaylock was on that team. Uh, the closer was uh, like Oki, like an, something with an A ending uh, with Oki. Man, they uh, do not. Wikipedia does not have a lot of information on. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Pitchers. Uh, yeah, I'm not seeing Oki. Anybody that you recognize? <laughs> um. Oh, Akinori Atsuka? Yeah. Yeah. He was cool. He gave us a lot of, uh, like, baseballs and stuff because we were hanging out around the bullpen, and he was, as a closer, just sitting around doing nothing. <laughs> and since the Rangers never won, he never had to, like, go in for any closing situations. Um, Matt Stairs was on that team, as well as Lance Nix. Lance um, Nix. The starters, actually, Mark Teixeira, Hank Blaylock, Michael Young, Gary Matthews Jr., not a bad team from the just looking at them, but a bad team from the record though. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, Nelson Cruz was young on that team. Carlos Lee was on that team. Kevin Mench. Kevin Mench. That was uh, that was Kevin's favorite. 
obviously, because they look alike and they share the same name. They both have huge heads. <laughs> um, Got about Kevin Minch. Kevin Millwood, C.J. Wilson, R.A. Dickey. C.J. Wilson, I know he's he signed it for sure. Oh, he's the worst. R.A. Dickey, I think he, I think he signed it. He's the he's oh. the old knuckleballer. Francisco Cordero was on that team. Okay. Um, See, yeah. the only reason you're like even remembering any of these names though is because you're a Rangers fan. Anybody <laughs> listening to this is not a Rangers fan. It's not going to know any of these names. <laughs> yeah. Joaquin Arias was a rookie on that team. <laughs> you know, and remember Joaquin, Eric Young also. Yeah, these are really just a lot of old names that I just remember <laughs> from watching the Rangers in 2005. Joaquin yeah. Benoit. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, those are those are my friends. Yeah, that was when Don Wakamatsu was the bench coach. That was cool. Uh, but yeah, you so you met all those guys. Yeah, for a brief moment. 